0: People are always looking at the past like, oh, remember those times. And right now I'm like, I fucking love where we're at right now in our music scene.
1: This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne Urbana recorded in the blue box studio with a songwriter from the champagne urbana music scene past or present champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the champagne showers podcast network Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today I have Mick and you may know Mick from Mick's bag on W E F T and also part of the MNG collective, which we will be talking about today. So Mick, welcome to the show.
0: Oh, hey, spin. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about what the MNG collective is all about. Great question. I'm glad you asked. Let me just start from the beginning here, which is I came to Champaign Urbana four years ago. Really wanted to get involved in the music scene. And it became clear, like through the music scene, and this is like not any crappy remark about what's happening in Champagne Urbana, because I think what's happening here is amazing. However, I think like with COVID happening and kind of seeing things from a more behind the scenes angle with doing bookings and just being a part of the scene. There was like some issues with equity right like we saw that covid was really impacting people who are musicians and who relied heavily on that income you know there weren't any shows being booked so that definitely sat in the back of my mind and nick stein reached out to me last summer was like hey Mick, i got this idea what do you say like let's get together and let's talk about doing a compilation album I don't know if you remember this. I think it was Buzz Magazine that did it. It was the um, cover our tracks. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, well, I was unfamiliar with it. Nick's like, we should do this project. Do you know anybody else that would be interested in it? And I'm pretty good friends with Greg of the auctions, Greg Lushin. And I was like, well, let's bring Greg on. Let's just see what he you know, feels about this. Yeah, through that whole us meeting up together, we kind of decided to switch gears. And instead of doing the cover our tracks, we started kind of hashing out ideas about equity in the music scene because I think we all agreed that we saw some things that could use some attention in the music community. We wanted to be able to provide support to people. So from that was born MNG. Mick, Nick, Greg. It's actually the Musicians Network Gestalt, but it's also Mick, Nick, Greg, if I'm being honest here.
1: I mean, that was probably what happened first, right? They was Nick, Nick and Greg. Nick, Nick
0: Greg. Yeah, we kind of like hashed it out a, over a couple different meetings of like, what should our name be? And Nick had said, well, you know, the word Gestalt, it means that all parts equal more when they're together than when they're separate. So if we're thinking about equity, when we pull our resources together and we engage in like mutual aid as a community, we can do a lot more than if we just did things individually. You know, I kind of like that That's concept awesome. of Gestalt.
1: The idea is there, the concept, the full name is there. So, how are you using this collective as a way to equalize or to offer equal representation?
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple, couple different ideas that were born from us putting this group together. So the first idea is that we'd like to have a safety net for the music community. We understand that COVID was just like an unprecedented time. And a lot of people were left high and dry because there wasn't any kind of like, fund specifically for musicians in town it's not like you can like go to your local unemployment office and be like oh i'm a full-time musician you know like how many of the musicians you know that are like self-employed were like filing you know their what is it 1090 or whatever (laughs) you know so we definitely wanted to pull together a fund for people to apply for a micro grant. Let's say they're like having some kind of issue and they're like, hey, I really need this extra money. Like we want to be able to have money for that and help crowdsource for that and not in like a gatekeepy kind of way either. We just, you know, no questions asked. You need our help. We're here to help you. I think another thing that we talked about too is widening out this Venn diagram because it feels like in our scene, everybody kind of knows everybody but yet there's like an even bigger scene happening like with the diy scene and just new people coming into town all the time even older folks who aren't necessarily playing the scene but like clearly make music and want to like get themselves out there i think the idea too was to build a wider connection in our music community and that can be through like pop-up events comp albums. It's kind of like a double dip situation because we just put out a comp album and some of that money went towards Girls Rock CU. Cause that's another thing. We want to be able to like support local initiatives with the money that we raise. Um but then I think like the thing I'm most excited about is being able to have money that we allocate for people to record their music. Cause I think that's a real big issue with equity in our community. If you have the finances you can get your music recorded and that's a way for you to build your portfolio. I mean, as somebody who books for like a local venue, a lot of times we're asking artists to provide us with their latest Bandcamp, their latest Spotify, their YouTube link, anything that showcases their work. And if you don't have that, it's really hard to like get booked for a gig. So we want to be able to do that and we're hoping that as time goes on as we're able to get the word out about MNG that we can hopefully raise the funds to be able to provide people with an opportunity to record music. Cuz I feel like that's a big that's a big issue, you know.
1: Does MNG in itself have its own recording studio at all or are you working on that oh okay we
0: don't and i feel like this is a great way to kind of bridge different initiatives like failed poem records is an initiative that you do right where you are also trying to make music accessible for people like you want to be able like correct me if i'm wrong but that's essentially what you're wanting to do as well
1: i guess i didn't necessarily think of it in that way but i do seek out music that doesn't necessarily get always publicly played or focused on. I, I really love the emerging artist, the the, uh, the undiscovered sure. artist or, or underrepresented artist. And so I can't say that that was my full intention to make that available. But also, it's kind of a wonderful side effect of what just approaching it the, in the way that I have... i I guess i don't know (laughs)
0: yeah so you know i think because we each individually have relationships with different individuals in town that have the capacity to record music you know ultimately our goal would be for whoever it is that we're able to help get you know some tracks recorded for through our like funds you know we'd want them to pick who they feel comfortable working with, but, you know, having that connection with people who are recording in the music community, you know, our hope is that they would also help us make that accessible and affordable so that we can impact more of the community than just a small fraction. So I do want to give, can I give shout outs on, I mean, as long as they're
1: quiet, shout out. No, I'm just okay, kidding. Well, Make them as loud as you shout want. Out.
0: I do want to give a shout out to Matt Wenzel at shangri Studios because he helped us put together this first comp. Like He did the mastering for us and he's also worked with a lot of artists in the community and I just, I feel like his work is super quality and he's also been like super gracious in making his services accessible for people. Also, want to give a shout out too to James Treichler wave upon wave studio because he also helped us out quite a bit with this comp album and yeah it's just like building those personal relationships and you know honestly we would love if anybody who's listening like has any suggestions like we want to see more like women and like trans non-binary folks who are also recording music who have the capacity to help record like we want to expand our knowledge of who exists in the community so that we can you know, give that information or pass that information along to people who want a diverse list to choose from, so.
1: Honestly, I always hesitate to say things like this because as a cis white male, I'm like, what would I even know about this? But from what I have observed and and from the best that I can understand <laughs> is that representation is key. Like- 100%. If you don't see someone who is doing- what you'd like to be doing, you just figure it's not possible. You don't just, well, they've, you know, that. that, I never see people like that that are like me that are out there that are doing that. So why should I, the hesitancy to be a trailblazer. Also, I'm sure, I mean, that is in itself a huge barrier.
0: Absolutely. I mean, being the first one of any person, you know, of any group of people that's doing, something. I think that can be a lot. That can be like a lot of weight that a person's carrying on them cuz they're now representing an entire group of people or an entire community and they're like, "What the fuck? I don't I don't want this responsibility, you know?" Right. I think that's a big thing that we've talked a lot about. I mean, I'm a woman, Greg and Nick are two cis white men. They're very much aware of how their privilege impacts their ability, accessibility to music, and I think it's something that they very much want to use to help bridge the gap in our community. Like I respect that they're like, absolutely, we have privilege. We would like to use our privilege to help other people like get their foot in the door and address the issues of equity in our music community. So they're two good dudes to be working with. I'm happy to have had this opportunity to build this like creative relationship with them. What's on the horizon? What's next for MNG? Yeah, so we just wrapped up our first comp album. So, for those who are listening, you can find us on Bandcamp at MNG Compilation and I think it's MNG Compilation or might be MNG Comp.
1: Hey, Sven here. It's MNGcomp.bandcamp.com. So, if you want to look that up, that's where it's at. And if you go into the search at Bandcamp.com, you can search for MNG Compilation, and it also comes up. I tried it. I will also have a link to the MNG Comp in the show notes.
0: We just wrapped that up. All the proceeds from that first round of fundraising went to Girls Rock CU. I'm proud to announce we raised 500 bucks for Girls Rock CU. So our next round of fundraising, we are hoping to raise some money to give to C4A, which is the Community Center for the Arts in Urbana. They've got a scholarship fund open and it's intended to help serve the community. So if you have like a financial need and you want to get into some type of music class, C4A's got you covered with their scholarship fund. So we're hoping to raise some money for that. And yeah, we're just going to be pulling together some more artists for the second round of compilation. So if you're listening again and you feel like, hey, I want to be featured on your next comp album, send us a message on Instagram or you can find me at Mix. M-I-C-S underscore bag, B-A-G underscore 90.1. Just send me a message. I'll happily listen to your track and we can talk about get you on that next comp album. So essentially that's what's next for us. We are working on putting together another comp album that we hope to release in time for the Fall Hog shoot. If it doesn't make it by then, then we will have it hopefully by the end of the year. We're going to be meeting up, talking about putting together some showcases to showcase some different artists that were featured on our first comp album. And honestly, one thing I really want to do is like dig even harder into this DIY scene in town, because I feel like there's some untapped unknown talent that i would love to bring into our like mainstream music you know scene so and like check out some of these outskirt dive bars where there's like older musicians playing like i want to know all the things that are going on in the music community that's outside of our mainstream
1: honestly sometimes it's a little bit too much to take all in but if you just think about it as taking all the little bites and getting in
0: chomp chomp chomp. yeah no i think if you do think about it as a whole it's overwhelming because it's like oh my god there's so many people that i don't know about and you know i think what's exciting about champagne urbana and truly what makes me feel proud to be from this area is that we are like such an incubator of creative energy there's so many cool things popping up in each semester it's like you're just like scrolling through instagram like what new house show venues popping up I think that's what's really cool because that scene on its own is able to like tap into like people that are just kind of moving through town that aren't going to be here forever, but like have this really cool perspective want to like bring something from wherever they're from. And there's just like lots of weird funky stuff cooking up here in town. It makes me real excited.
1: It just surprises me how many genres are, are just represented in in general like oh we, totally it, it, funny i i'm terrible with genres but i, I there's a lot Absolutely. there's just tons
0: the punk scene seeing like a re a revival well like snacked out is like a newer project in town like i feel like the brass rails really picking up the slack with the punk scene oh also shout out to greg cash for gold records that's his like his independent punk label so he's graciously provided us with some of his punk stuff for the comp album so
1: awesome yeah awesome. it's
0: good to have that perspective because you know you got nick who's like country but also was kind of like a oh, what did somebody once describe Nick as and i thought it was so funny crust punk, <laughs> <laughs> crust <laughs> he, was, punk. he was like kind of crusty punk like back in the day listened to some weird stuff and you know he's got like a really well-rounded taste of music and then i don't know my taste of music is all over the place too so it's yeah. Kind of interesting to meld all these things together for yeah.
1: a comp album. What do you, what do you see? I mean, granted, we just talked about what was just around the corner, but what do you see? Huh, I, this is like a, such a job interview question. Where do you where do you see M and G in five years? <laughs>
0: we talked about that from the beginning of how this may be somewhat of a limited project for us, but the hope is that we build the bones and the foundation for MNG to pass it along to other people that are interested in sustaining this mission. You know, we feel like there's enough people in this community that really care about each other, that really care about equity in not just in the music scene, but in life in general So, you know, our hope is that we can keep things rolling for as long as we can. And then once people are interested in being a part of the collective, because it's not like a closed group, right? If people came to us and were like, we want to be a part of your collective, like, absolutely, please join us. We feel like the more perspectives, the better, you know, we don't want to gatekeep. That's the last thing we want to do in this situation. So hopefully... We've got more people, a part of the collective, people that want to kind of take over and share some new ideas. You know, who knows what the future holds in an ideal world. This thing would be moving and we'd have other people also investing in it. Even us, like we're all human. We all have different things we're involved in and like a million projects we're all working on. But, you know, I think the one thing that keeps us moving forward is that. Like, these social justice issues aren't going anywhere, sadly. And I will say that the one thing that I've really come to understand, especially through COVID, is that, like, mutual aid is, like, pretty much it. I feel like mutual aid's, like, the thing that's going to get us through the other side. I mean, capitalism, unfortunately, it's an ugly beast, and it's a tough one to fight. So, unless we're, like, willing to... Keep on this like grassroots mission of like keeping our community supported through mutual aid. I just don't know how we'll keep that train rolling.
1: Is there anything else you'd like to mention about MNG?
0: Other than just like, you know, check us out on Bandcamp and feel free to find us on Instagram. You can also look up Greg at Cash for Gold Records, and that's F U R, not cash for, but cash gold records or find me at mix underscore bag underscore 90.1 like we're happy to answer your questions we'd love to have more people on board who are willing to participate in comp albums or who want to just be a part of the mission yeah that's kind of like my piece about the mng stuff
1: Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe C-U-C-C Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Mick. Yes, Ben. Do you have a favorite Champagne Urbana venue? It could be (sighs) DIY. It could be. Do I? uh, It could be a business. It could be a festival stage. It could be go.
0: Okay. So I'm just going to keep it 100, right? This is what you're asking for. Let's keep it 100 on this show. I love the Rose Bowl. I love it. I have to share that this is one of the reasons I think I feel so connected to our scene. So when I first moved back to the Champaign-Urbana area, I had lived here when I was younger, moved away, came back like four years ago. I had a house on Illinois Street and I would walk to the Rose Bowl and I didn't know anybody. So I'd walk down to the Rose Bowl and I'd like check things out hang out by myself and like slowly started making friends with people, the regulars, right? Cause right. they'd be like, Oh, I see you come back again. And who are you? And you know, there's just a sense of community there that I really appreciate. I feel like the people that work there don't just see you as like a dollar sign. They see you as like a human. You have like real relationships with these people. I love Charlie. I love Chachi. I think It's really amazing to have two people that are so invested in the scene that are, like, really open to your ideas, too. Like, I've come to Charlie with some fucking crazy ideas. Uh Like, I really want to do this. And he's like, all right, Mick, let's make it happen. Send me an email. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, I just, I love it. I love the inclusivity of it. You know, this is like an old honky-tonk country bar that has somehow manifested into, like, a catch-all, right? It's, like, hosting, like queer wet dreams collective it's hosting like punk shows it's hosting experimental shows i know like karthik carcarella helped put together the what was it called prairie
1: noise invasion Prairie
0: noise invasion yes. right like they're super open to the whole scene it, and yeah. it's not just the home of country western music you know like people walk in and they're like okay i'm here i really identify as like an Urbana weirdo and it is like an Urbana weirdo spot.
1: You know what the icing on the cake is right now? Is that they just had the side painted with the roses. Shout the- out
0: to Kinsey Fitzgerald, you precious angel. Yeah, K- kid did
1: that. <laughs> I love Kinsey so much. I mean it's it's gorgeous.
0: And I think that's really cool too. Like they support not just like musicians they support the local art scene you know they've had like quite a few pop-up art festivals in the parking lot like they're just doing the damn thing
1: yeah do you do
0: you are you familiar with mark Reblay at all
1: it's not i hate when i don't know these things but it's it's okay he's not local
0: but he's like this like electronica artist on his instagram page he just like put out a song in the beginning is, you get the damn babysitter and you put the damn baby in the thing. So I just say that all the time now. <laughs> my partner gives me a three a day limit after I've reached my three. He's like, no more. I can take no more of the babysitter in the thing. Okay? So. Gotcha. Yeah, Rose Bowl did it. They got the damn babysitter and they put the damn baby in the thing. They're doing it.
1: I don't know. They, they, they feel like the initial soil that after the pandemic happened that it was like the first soil that was fertile and now everything is just kind of growing things on it once again like it it,
0: absolutely
1: yeah Yeah.
0: you know it's interesting too because i feel like i was outside of champagne urbana during this like golden age of like mike and molly's and the high dive and This era that people, like, look back on so fondly, like, oh, you should have been around for this time. And, you know, while it's kind of sad that, like, I missed certain shows that happen, like, Lord Huron playing at Mike and Molly's, or, like, somebody that's, like, blown up, that got their start in these, like, little podunk bars and champagne, I also, like, don't feel sad that I missed out on it, because I feel like I'm here for this really potent time in our music scene's history, you know? People are always looking at the past like oh remember those times and right now i'm like i fucking love where we're at right now in our music scene right i think it only continues to get richer and richer as we as a community embrace diversity in the growing scene and like the trans and non-binary community and all the artists of color like it's we're only as rich as like what we have to offer this community like I'm just gonna say it can't just be like cis white men playing the shows every night. It's gotta be like a little rich and I think we're we're doing we're doing okay. I think we're we're making some improvements.
1: We can't help but talk about your radio program on WEFT or Weft as some kids like to call it.
0: Oh, that old bag.
1: <laughs> yes. Your mixed bag and Tell me a little bit about that radio program.
0: Thanks for asking about it. Thanks for giving Weft a shout out. We need all the shout outs we can get. We need your money. Mix bag. I just celebrated three years, actually, this past May. I've done the show for three years and kind of another thing that was born out of me moving back to the Champaign-Urbana area Kind of sad, but it's not that sad. I got a divorce and so I moved back to the area from my hometown of Arcola. I was like, I need to get out of this small town, I need some diversity. I'm just like, I'm losing it. So I came back to the area and I actually group listening to Weft. My dad has been a longtime listener, and he used to love the old timer who was on at my time slot six to eight p.m. on Saturdays. And the old timer would like give my dad a shout out. And he had like this real like kind of country honky tonk voice. He's like, oh, I want to thank Troy Kaufman for listening to uh, the Waft And I just like I loved it. I always thought it was so cool. And I was really trying to find myself after this divorce. And it was like, you know, I'm obsessed with music. I've always loved it. In fact, I, I hope it's okay that I like my ADHD brain goes here. But like Sven, you and I met, but you don't remember it. And that's okay. But I do remember it that we met because you were in the Parkland community choir and I was in chambers choir at Parkland. Uh And so we would like sometimes combine our choirs and do pieces together with Barb, Barb Zocco.
1: Yeah. She's like
0: Zocco rhymes with taco. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I loved those days of having music, a part of my life. And, you know, I was really like racking my brain. Like, how can I be a part of the music community? And, showcase music that i like and introduce people to new stuff and also hear other people's perspectives because at the time too i was like i'm lonely and i need to make friends and i feel like music has always been a really easy way for me to make friends with people so uh, yeah i put in my proposal old timers time slot was open i wrote in the proposal like i've grown up listening to Weft at this hour give me the show and they were like okay you have the show and then I think they regretted it immediately after <laughs> It's mostly because uh Sean Lampkin, he's been my co-host on many episodes. And it's great that you have this format, this podcast to just say what you want. Cause on the radio, like there's no editing, right? There's right. like the shit that comes out of his mouth. There's times where I'm like, oh, this is fucking it. We're done. I'm not. I'm they're they're taking the show away from me. <laughs> like he's always talking about going to pias. He's like because he pretends that he has stepkids named Ronnie and Donnie. And, and I asked him, I'm like, what color is their hair? He's like, clearly red. <laughs> and the, his wife, Donna, he's they get into a lot of tiffs. So he goes down to Pia's to cool off and hang out with the other stepkids. <laughs> I know. No. Like, I'm surprised Pia's hasn't called us and be like, we'll sponsor your show. Absolutely. Like, as much <laughs> airtime as he gives them, but... No, like Mix Bag was just kind of born out of this time where I really needed to feel connected to the community and just wanted to like make some new friends and play some good music and like feel some joy during kind of a sad time of my life. And, right. and you know, honestly, I feel like the show has carried me through continuously through some tough times like COVID and just the transitions of life and growing pains and, you know, the real the real concept of the show is that it is a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag of music, of commentary, of people. I've had a lot of different guests come on the show, and really the idea is for them to bring music, to share, and to be prepared to talk about it a little bit. It's kind of like, you know, okay. kind of like a podcast. Like, curate this Let's set see. list and tell me a little bit about yourself through the music you're choosing. I'm sure you would agree with this. I think you can really get to know people like on a deep like intimate level just by talking about what music they've been influenced by right
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: so yeah the show airs on saturdays from 6 to 8 p.m and if you ever feel like you want to make your radio debut and share a playlist again find me on the old gram because i'm always looking for new guests i i want to feel Surprised and connected, and admittedly some of my favorite songs ever have been from stuff people have shared on the show, so
1: awesome, awesome, yeah, yeah. and we actually got to be guests together on the analog At hour the
0: analog hour yeah that I was know. cool didn't you bring some angie Heaton
1: yes well it it, it was the uh it, oh my gosh corn dolly was corn what dolly, I, what yeah. I brought the, the uh the single the seven inch
0: yeah you yeah. had some like very like rare gems <laughs> that you brought to play on the show
1: well and it was funny she she brought it by when she came for when we recorded episode 22 and was like hey i just had these kind of laying around i just thought maybe you'd want them and just i'm like oh that's awesome that so, is so
0: cool i'm yeah. i'm thankful that she gifted you that that you could play it on the radio for everybody yeah. too yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah, that was
0: that was i you know i have to share that i never had the pleasure of meeting angie but like she was a prolific songwriter and i had a chance to go through some of her music after she passed and i was like oh my god i'm so sad i never got to meet this human because their music is amazing songwriting ability incredible
1: and and the thing was is i always felt well I don't know how to describe it but you know I wonder if she ever knew how
0: much she like, impacted people Yeah
1: like yeah. her just just her songwriting it seems so simple on the surface and yet the more you listen to it instead of it being like more commonplace in your mind it becomes more uh illuminating like oh oh that's what they mean Yeah I uh I don't know, I've always, I've just found her work so, yeah. Anyway, I, just, I could just uh, trickle off into just uh, grand things about Angie, but yeah. She diatribes. Is, uh, yes.
0: Well, no, Upon I think-
1: diatribes.
0: Yeah, nice. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about that kind of maybe understated type of songwriting where the lyrics aren't super like- convoluted with like these big I don't know packaged concepts like I don't know sometimes people can just be like very like poignant or like straight to the point about what it is that they're saying and at the time people might perceive that as being very simple but then like in retrospect they're like holy fucking shit like
1: wow you know and my favorite was she's just like my songs are about crushes and death and being crushed to death
0: you know one of my absolute favorite songs that was ever recorded out of this community is the fights old movies are you familiar with that yeah and nick like wrote that uh-huh. he's like oh that little ditty, and like i've like sang my praises to him a million times about this song because there's just something so simple about it but yet like very deep and impactful for me like you know and what what actually
1: kind of i mean it, Follow me here on this one, but I almost feel like it is a a punk version of a country song because it's, it's only like a minute and a half, right?
0: Oh my god, it's so funny you say that because like Greg has said the same thing. He's like, I would love to cover this song. It's so fucking punk. It's like a minute and a half, and it's it's yes. very punk. Like, yeah, that's really interesting, it's fun. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely, it,
1: it just gets to the point, and then it's it's in, it's out. It'll be and- over
0: when I'm dead and gone. So good. So good. Shout out to old Nikolai. You know, one thing I really appreciate about Nick is he's not one for fanfare. Like he is a really humble human being. I think me even like talking about him would like make him cringe a little bit like, oh God, no, I don't want people to know what I'm doing because like he's just such a humble human. Like we're yeah. all, we all have very different personalities. I have no issues with shameless self-promotion at all. None, <laughs>
1: and, Right. and
0: he's just such a humble human. And I think that honestly is just made for a really cool collaboration with Nick and Greg, cause we all bring something different to the table. I'm like kind of the one that's a little loud and you know.
1: The question that that is on everyone's mind but probably just mine is what makes a good music community and even beyond just a music community, what makes a good community?
0: Well, I think what makes a good community definitely extends out to do they have a good music scene? I, honestly, like or art scene, are they, do they embrace and value the arts and culture? Because to me, that is what makes all the communities I've ever been to that just feel so rich and so cool and hip. It's like, do they embrace arts? Do they embrace culture? Are they people who seek out a variety of arts and culture? You know, cause you could just have like the same old like pre-packaged deal, but does that really make a rich scene? And I think that that is part of what makes Champagne Urbana so cool. Like you've got Cranert that brings in like world-renowned artists like the elnora festival brings in some super cool like guitar like virtuosos you know it, it that's a cool scene you know you've got like more homegrown projects like the rose bowl and the loose cobra out in Tolono that i still feels like an extension of champagne urbana community that like more like grassroots, but still like bring some bigger names. And then you've got like long time institutions like the Canopy Club that we all remember getting shit faced at and seeing some crazy show, you know, like I appreciate that there is a space for all types of music. And then, of course, like our DIY scene. So I definitely feel like we we are able to accommodate and host a real wide variety of different musicians, both locally and internationally and nationally touring. Yeah, I mean, I also feel like we're a really progressive town. Do we still have issues and fault absolutely, but I do feel like as a whole there's some really good people in this town who are like really committed to social justice and seeing change happen on a bigger scale and wanting to like boost their neighbors up to help make their lives richer cuz Truly, I do feel like that mutual aid aspect is what makes our community super cool. Like, there's just cool people doing cool stuff in this cool little town. I love it. Honestly, I don't... If you asked me if you could move anywhere, where would you want to move or where would you want to live? At this stage of my life, I want to live in Urbana, Illinois. Mm. I really do. I I don't want to move. I want to stay in Urbana.
1: Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champagne, has been helping to build record collections since 2004, carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Welcome back. What is your favorite non-musical thing or things?
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about some guilty pleasures right now. Awesome. I collect stickers. I think maybe we talked about this briefly because you gave me a failed poem records sticker. I collect stickers and I like making collages with them. I like uh, just like adorning my calendars with stickers like, it's something so tiny brings me so much joy in lifespan. When I see a sticker sheet that I just, like, have to have, oh, my God. I mean, it's, like, $3 to feel, like, a absolute bliss. Huh. It's, a, it's a cheap but expensive hobby, if you think about it. Because it's, like, it's cheap because you're only buying, like, a $3 sticker sheet. But then when you're buying, like, 300 sticker sheets, then the, it becomes problematic yeah i'm obsessed with stickers i love them
1: so when did you get obsessed with stickers
0: (laughs) so i i'm okay sharing this with the uh, the audience i have adhd i've had it probably my whole life i mean as long as my consciousness was aware enough to have it whatever but I was just diagnosed recently as an adult. And some of the symptoms of ADHD are forgetfulness, uh, inattentiveness, but it's also like hyperfixation on certain things. Like if I fall in love with something, I can't just have one. I need to have like a hundred of the thing. So, so while I was trying to manage my symptoms, I came to find that like decorating my planner really like colorful with stickers like has helped me like remember things so you know i'm like trying to like buy all these stickers because i'm like i really need to like get my fucking life together i'm always missing appointments and i just feel like i'm an overall mess and so yeah i like bought a couple books of stickers and then i bought a couple more and then i got a couple more so this was probably like five years ago i was just uh. actually diagnosed with adhd like three years ago but five years ago i was like before i was had medication therapy all that i was like i, I have to try something and i still oh. use that method today i still decorate my planner i still decorate it really colorful i like highlighters it's like stationary in general i'm a sucker for it like people know. Huh. My friends will give me notebooks and pens and stickers. They're like, we just know you love this. So Excellent. That's what I love. I love it.
1: When you say stickers, do they have to be like any is there any kind of sticker or do do you have a particular favorite?
0: It's not just any kind of sticker. So, by the way, stickers have fucking gotten me some shit. Stickers got me kicked out of graduate <laughs> school because I was participating i'm like sharing so much of my life but i don't really i mean i'm not like bothered by it mm. i was participating in a sticker swap with people like nationally because sometimes people will have like cool stickers that you want and I- i'm not like i'm jewish so i don't like like real religious type of stickers you know anything yeah. that's like Christmassy or like super christian or whatever so stickers like that i'm not into but like i like colorful rainbow color stickers rainbows unicorns dinosaurs mermaids like stuff like that like
1: okay i'm really
0: into that you know i had my favorite sheet of stickers is rainbow colored ramen noodles that i got from this company called pip sticks i love them they're like my favorite sheet of stickers but but i I did get kicked out of graduate school because there was a mishap somebody had sent me these like really gross like sexy anime stickers in a sticker swap that i did and i put them in this teeny tiny little envelope and like stashed them with my stickers and i like left all my supplies out on my table and my kids like got into everything and somehow this teeny tiny little envelope of sexy anime stickers made it into a bundle of stickers i was giving to a student i was working with in my graduate school program like spent it was a fucking nightmare oh my god yeah i got kicked out of graduate school because of those stickers but i still love stickers it hasn't like you know hasn't taken away my love it just was it was a shitty thing that happened and in hindsight i could have like double triple checked the shit i sent to this kid before i sent them and you know oh yeah there's some accountability michaela has to take for her part in it but yeah so that's a fun fact got kicked out of grad school for stickers but i still love them still love them
1: <laughs> i mean stickers can only be the stickers they are they really cannot- it's true
0: it's totally true <laughs> i know wow i'm an unlucky um, person irresponsible maybe and unlucky too i'm not totally it just that was irresponsible It's fine and-
1: i would never have seen that circle come around with that <laughs> sticker it's like how how does one get kicked out of grad school for a sticker okay
0: totally makes sense yeah school i i won't say which school the social work program i was in they were like zero tolerance like the school i was working at was totally cool i mean like they reviewed it they were like yeah super irresponsible but we know this was an accident school social worker was like absolutely not mm -hmm. you're out you're out i was like okay all right well let me just get my shit and go then i know it's okay i mean mick
1: thank you for being Spend. on the show
0: thank you for having me i appreciate this thanks for doing this podcast thanks for giving people a platform to talk about the scene It's awesome <laughs> listening to champagne is also a band podcast this is mick reminding you great music is out there go find it where you live So good, they are so good. Yay. That's a wrap. Oh.
1: Champagne is also a band. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. Do <laughs> 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 a studio South Peter. on the inside.
0: Get the damn babysitter, then you put
1: the damn baby in the thing.